Good morning. This is Pastor Faison from the Living Word of Church. And we're glad to be with you this morning for our broadcast. Um, in lieu of meeting at the church as we attempt to comply with the government regulations and guidelines, we're broadcasting here. We want to thank you for being with us. Today, we're going to continue our series on Snapshots of Jesus. It is a series that we're going to look at Jesus in different situations and see how he talks to, how he deals with people, how he responds to critics, and how he shows his love and forgiveness as he ministers to the people. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. We thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for allowing us to come together this way, even by way of media. We ask that you bless the hearers of your word and speak to us out of your book. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're coming from um, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Many of you know the story about the woman caught in adultery. And we want to read those scriptures and talk about this a little while for you. Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came into the temple, and all the people came unto him as he sat down and he taught them. And the scrubs, I mean the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And they said, tempting him, that they may have something to accuse him with. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he heard them not, he ignored them. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted in their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning from the oldest to the least. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those accused that accuse you? Have no man condemned you? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. We thank God for the reading of his word. So we have here, we have a situation of, of the religious leaders of the day. Um, they found the woman caught in adultery. Now you have some questions and so do I. One question is, where's the guy or the person she was caught with? Where's that person? Our other question is, how did they catch her? How did they catch her? How do you catch somebody in bed with another man? All right? And the third question I have is, why do they want to get rid of this woman? Now, if this was a screenplay, and this was a TV show or a movie or something like that, we would have somebody in that circle of men guilty of uh, having um, intercourse with her as well. And they want to get rid of her. But now just, just, just me making things up. What we do have is the truth here 
is that they caught her, they brought her, they didn't bring the, the gentleman or the person that she was with, they didn't bring him, they brought her alone because they're trying to trick Jesus into saying something that's contrary to what Moses taught. So they could accuse him because Jesus was a threat to their power and their influence and their privilege. Because Jesus came preaching the truth and he came as the Christ, the son of the living God, and they were not receiving that. But Jesus outsmarts them all the time. He knows, he knows people's hearts and he's, he has more wisdom than the religious leaders of the day. So here's what he does. We, we read it here. He, um, he acts like he ignores them. And he stoops down and writes on the ground. I wonder what he wrote. You know, there's been, there's been different um, guess and imaginations what Jesus, what Jesus may have written on the ground. But we don't have a clue, right? And then as they continue, and they continue asking him the questions, um, he stands up and says, okay, I'm going to paraphrase it. Moses said it. You who were without sin, cast the first stone at her. See, Jesus was wise enough not to speak contrary to the word that Moses taught. In the same time, he was gracious enough to let this woman go with forgiveness. And of course, if you're in a crowd of people, in any crowd, any number of people, you say, who's without sin? Then nobody can say they're without sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. From the religious leaders to the um, notorious behaviors, everybody has sinned. Everybody has without righteousness except for Jesus. And so when he says, when he says to them, um, he with, who's without sin cast the first stone, nobody could say they're without sin. Nobody. And so he stoops down on the ground again, and he's giving them a break in the sense. He's being gracious unto them that they could see their own faults without him having to rebuke them openly. And so they all start tipping out of the room. Have you ever been caught in sin? Have you ever been caught in, um, in an incident where you know you're guilty and it's been exposed, your guilt has been exposed? Right? That's a terrible feeling. But see, we serve a God who's not about just exposing sin, but he's about forgiving sins. He's about removing sins. And even the religious leaders who were accusing this woman received some of that grace from Jesus. Because he could have stood there and called all them out. He could have read all their mail because he knows all their hearts. He could have done that to them. But instead, he allowed them to back away maintaining whatever little dignity they had. He allowed them to walk away. And so when he stands up and, and says to the woman, where are your accusers? Where are they? She says, no man is accusing me now. And he said, neither do I. And he says, go and sin no more. And the thing I like about this is that he's not, he's not um, advocating that we sin. And he's not, while he's not condemning her for her sin, He's telling her, don't do it again. Go and sin no more. It's not, go ahead, baby, you'll be all right. No, it's like, don't do it again, is what he's saying to her. Right? And we have to, we who are forgiven by grace, by the Son of God, because he died on the cross of Calvary for us, because he gave his life, because he took our sins away, 
we who come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are told not to sin again. We, knew, we do not have license to sin. Though we walk in this grace and this truth, the truth is that we are not supposed to sin. And sin, by the way, means missing the mark. It's an archery term. It means that you shoot at the target and you miss. It's called sin. And no matter how skilled we are or how experienced we are, we will miss the mark every time. Because that's who we are. But through Jesus Christ and through his grace and power, we can live sin-free in the sense that we are not condemned for our past behavior. Okay, so here we go. She's, she, he gets up. They're gone. And he says, I'm not accusing you either. But don't do it again. And we need to tell ourselves, don't do it again. Now let's go back to the religious leaders. They seem to have a conscience. Praise God. Because when he, when he challenged them that the one who's without sin to cast the first stone, they had enough conscience to know that I am not able to condemn this woman. Right? And so we have to be that way. Sometimes we have the church, we're a little hard on people. And we should not be so hard on folks. So we all in the church have been forgiven of something. All right? And so we need to be a little more gracious. There are times when we can extend grace like it's been extended to us. We've been told that if we forgive, we shall be forgiven. We pray the prayer, we look at the um, Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and things like that, and we're told to forgive because we've been forgiven. And that should be our default. Our default should be forgiveness, not condemnation. And so when we look at the story, when we read it again, and there's some questions here that we can't answer, we do know that Jesus is a forgiving Jesus. He forgives our sins. He forgives all manner of sins. And you can have your sins forgiven just by the asking. Just by the asking. Now we said it before, you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to prepare yourself to be saved. You don't have to do all these special things. What you need to do is come to Jesus the way you are. Just as you are. Right? You come to him and you say, Father, I need forgiveness. Let Jesus come into my life. However you say it, it's not even the words that you say. It's the faith that you come with. Right? Different words. You can say different words. You can say, I need to be saved. Lord, save me. Help me. Um, you can could, you could pray the sinner's prayer that we do at the altar sometime. But what matters is that you trust in Jesus, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and that he died for your sins. And he's risen again on the third day. That's the thing that's important. And that you come to Jesus that way. And you can do it right where you're sitting or standing, even while you're watching this. You can do it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to show up at the church to do it. We can't go there right now anyway. You don't have to show up at church to do it. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You don't have to, you don't have to put all these other circumstances around you. When I was a young fella and I wanted to be saved, and I was kind of concerned about going to hell, you know? And I thought I had to wait till a certain day of the week at a certain altar to say yes to the Lord. And I was going through torture for the whole week. When all I had to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. Right? Because I trusted him and I was ready 
But I thought I had to go somewhere at a certain place, at a certain time, a certain altar, and you don't need that. Right where you are, wherever you are, wherever you're watching or listening, you can say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know I'm a sinner, and I need you to save me. And that will be the beginning of your new walk with Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to pray for you right now. Uh, we, if we were at church, we would have an altar prayer. And so we're going to have an altar prayer here. We're going to pray for those who desire prayer. Now, I'm not here with you, there with you. Can't lay hands on you at this time. But we understand from last week, Jesus, um, Jesus only spoke the word. And the man's servant was healed. And we're going to speak the word too. We're going to speak healing and grace to you. Amen. So whatever your prayer request is, whatever you're thinking about right now, the Lord knows what it is. And we're going to stand in agreement with you as we pray. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you now. Because you're able to save, heal, and deliver. You're able to move by your spirit. You're able to go places that we cannot go. And in the name of Jesus, we pray for the hearers of this word right now and those who are, who are looking to you for help. Whether it's healing in their body, whether it's co covering some circumstance, no matter what it is today, Lord, we know that you're able. And as they trust you, we stand in agreement with them, even trusting them that what they're asking is right before you. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. And we... we um, completely trust you. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to remind you that donations can be made through um, PayPal, and we look forward to hearing from you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you very much.